Hello, and welcome to Time to Adapt, where we break down the movies and the books behind them. I'm Selena, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Mac. <laughs> you hear that? Do you hear that? You know what that is? You know what that is? You know what that is? That's me excited. You know why? Why? Because we're covering The Exorcist. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty excited about this one, too. Hi, I'm Mac. It's good to hear from you all. Silence, crickets. Yes. I'm used to that at this point. Because it is a podcast. They can't. Yeah, they can't. We can't hear from them. Yeah. Selena, how are you? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing, doing all right. right. Yeah, just, just right. I'm putting one foot in front of the other, in front of the other. Yeah, that's all. You I'm getting do. stuff done, and yeah, but I'm excited for Halloween. Ready to, you know, cut loose, be fancy free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's coming up. It's well for this episode. It'll yeah. be on Halloween. So happy it's Halloween, Halloween, everyone! <laughs> it's Spooky, Halloween. Scary skeletons. Yeah, we we uh, we meant to record an episode la- and drop it last week, but we're shit decided happened. to give you a Halloween episode. So. Yeah, so now it's a really cool Halloween episode for all y'all. So we're so excited because we get to cover probably one of the most famous book-to-film adaptations out there. Also one of the uh, pretty famous Halloween... T- one, of the, one, of most famous, one of the most famous horror films of all time, yeah. too. Halloween time film. Yes. The Exorcist. So, yes. And just so you all know, we're not... We're, we're, we could easily just go on forever about the sequels. We're not... We're going to try really hard not to talk that much about the sequels, at least, like, the ones that really don't matter. Because there's a lot that suck, and there's like <laughs> yeah. one that's actually good. So with and that a few is, like and a few that are memorable. This is very true, but M- we, maybe not for the right reasons, but <laughs> they're memorable. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, we'll mainly talk about just The Exorcist, the first film. Yes. So, Selena, how did you first hear about The Exorcist? Um, probably like scary movie. Honestly, <laughs> scary movie too. Yeah, like when I think about it, I I I was never really exposed to horror films till like late in high school because I was terrified because I never watched them before like my senior year of high school really and then I got to college and met a bunch of spooky people and they're like we're gonna watch scary stuff and I was like I've gotta be tough to make friends and (laughs) I've gotta be tough to make friends and I actually realized that that I enjoyed horror so um (laughs) it was a nice it was yeah my College basically opened up the doors of horror, but I watched Scary Movie in high school, Scary Movie 2 in high school. And so I think, yeah, where there's the vomiting scene. And yeah, so like I had like the the icons already stuck in my head. Yeah. um, And I kind of already knew Mm. uh, like the, yeah, super classic, iconic, like 
icons, but it was definitely a scary movie too. The vomiting, the weird priest, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> that that was just me like flapping my tongue around. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for me, it was two things. It was also scary movie too, um, and it was the um, like a behind the scenes movie uh, channel thing. I just went fun. into the the makeup effects for Reagan. So all of that was something that I um, was fascinated by because you see all the uh, you see how they turn Linda Blair into this just horrific demon creature. And of course, when it comes to scary movie two, there's the the urinating scene. The, yep. The release this demon scene, which still makes me cry laugh every time I watch it. When it when, to... Well, when we watched the movie together, we actually watched that scene. That was afterwards. like our palate cleanser because we were pre spooked. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 vomit warden. It's a little much, but it yeah, it's a scary movie too. You know that was Natasha <laughs> Leon, by the way. Oh shit! Yeah. Damn. And her, the mom was played by Veronica Cartwright of all people. Wow. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? thunk? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and because <laughs> because of that, and just because like when I started getting more into horror films, everyone talks about The Exorcist, so I finally got into it and didn't like it for a while. I thought it was too long, too kind of kind of boring. I kind of fell asleep the first time I watched it all the way through, but then that last like last like thirty minutes, I was like, oh shit, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I think the first time I actually sat through and watched the whole film it was um probably like two years ago so relatively recent Ooh. and um i i was just like it is a slow burn and it just kind of builds up but it was i was like i appreciate this film and i really like it <laughs> all right so for those who um aren't familiar with the story uh of the book from the book at least is that um, it's written by William Peter Blatty, um, and it's the story itself came from a, a story that he had heard when he was a student at Georgetown University about a de demonic possession that occurred in 1949. Um, one of the things that happens with uh, in in the Roman Catholic Church is the is an exorcism, and that is something that has almost never been done since like the 1500s mostly because you know science and they realize that oh <laughs> yeah. yeah let's just use science this is a lot better than just trying to throw a de get a demon out of you and shit like that so whenever an exorcism occurs it has to be approved by the top by the vatican itself and it's something we're like very rarely and they rarely do it it's rarely allowed because most times they're, they they look at the evidence and are like, no, this person just needs needs psych needs psych help. It doesn't. Yeah, you don't need to tie them to the bed and you know just like starve them. Yeah, you, which you, is... you don't have to do that. We were we're better than that, sort of. Maybe <laughs> I'm not sure. Shrugs, shrugs, <laughs> just <Yeah>. big shrugs. <laughs> so, with that, the um, story is about the. Um, there's this actress and the actress has a young daughter named Reagan. And uh, while she's shooting a film in Washington, DC, um, weird things start happening. Um, for starters, like she, 
um, Reagan is really kind of she's out of it and she's like mommy there's there's something in my room or my bed keeps shaking and it's then, like the beginnings of a classic haunting yeah you know and then it goes it gets fucking crazy yeah it gets really fucking crazy um and after just years after not years jesus after a lot of scientific experiments and they all come up with like that there's nothing wrong with her she finally decides to call for an exorcism and that you have to go through from there. It's from there. It's what everyone knows. And yeah. Basically it won't get into it a bit more, but yeah. it kind of unfolds like how you see in the film. But. Yeah. And you have the, the, the two, it's the two priests themselves, which is um, father Damien Karras and then father Lancaster Marin. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the book is from the perspective of Damien Karras whom as a priest who sort of lost his faith in God, doesn't really know what to think about um, the whole exorcism itself because she doesn't, he doesn't believe in it, you know? So there's also characters such as um, Lieutenant William F. Kinderman, who's one of my favorite characters in any literary story because he's basically me. <laughs> he just like talks about like, these really grisly crime, this really grisly, horrible things happening. And then it's like, you like movies? <laughs> that would I got be. passes. You want to go see? You want to go see a double feature? Let's go see. It's a Wonderful Life. After telling you about a person whose head was decapitated, like yeah, that's me. That is me <laughs> to a T. So, of course, in the course, as most of you know, the story, the exorcism occurs, and it's taken care of. Although both the priests end up dying. Yeah. One of one, one uh, Lancaster Marin's death is never implied if it was the work of um, the demon that killed him, or if it was just because he was an old man. Uh, as for Damien, as for Damien, well, he died because with his last bit of humanity, he pushed, ran, he threw himself out a window after being possessed by Pazuzu. And we'll get into Pazuzu too. So, Anyway, so aspects of the character of Father Marin were based off of the British archaeologist Gerald Lancaster Harding, who had excavated the caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls had been found back in 1949, I believe. Uh, Blatty, William Peter Blatty got to meet him in Beirut and said that Harding was the physical model in my mind when I created the character of Father Marin. His first name, please note, is Lancaster, obviously. Mm-hmm. So... Aspects of the novel were inspired by, as I said earlier, the exorcism performed by uh, the Jesuit priest, Father William S. Bowden, who taught at St. Louis University and St. Louis uh, University High School. So. Yeah. um, Yeah. His. Wait, sorry. (laughs) You okay? Yeah, I lost track of the thing I was going to share. (laughs) You're good. At a brain fart moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after doing like a investigation, like there was research by a freelance journalist, Mark, I always fuck up people's last names, Obsasnik. Obsasnik. Thank you. Mac is just here to help me read people's last names because I can't do it. <laughs> he indicates that Blatty's novel, he was was based on an actual um, exorcism by a, 
of a young boy from Cottage City of Maryland, um, whom he refers to using a pseudonym as Robbie Mannheim. Um, and Roland Doe. The boy was sent to his relative's home in Roanoke Drive in St. Louis, where most of the exorcisms took place. Vladdy refers to, um, there's a couple of exorcisms um, that are like, we have like evidence of, and we have like records of. The most obvious, the most well-known are the Lodon possessions in France in the 1600s, as well as the Louvier possessions. Throughout the story, most uh, mostly when Father Karras is um, researching possession and exorcism to present the case to his superiors, he also has one of his characters tell a brief story about an unnamed fraudulent medium whom had studied to be a Jesuit priest. The story can be found in Proceedings for the Society of the Psych- Psychical Psych- even not having trouble now Psychical Research Volume One Fourteen, in an article about fraudulent practices. Basically, just people fucking up exorcisms in yeah. gruesome ways. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they go like when the, some of the more modern exorcisms have been terrible. Oh, and, and the for fact sure. that like, like people have like people have fucking died because it's of these basically medieval torture that they've just did in the seventies and eighties and shit to people who are mentally ill. Yeah. They're just like, you know, let's just keep, you know, them tied to a bed, not feed them, don't give them water. And the more they are like acting out, yeah. that means the demons in them. Yes, indeed. That's how it works. So let's get into the movie itself. The famous and incredible exorcist. <laughs> so the exorcist was directed by William Friedkin. If there was probably one filmmaker whom I wish I could just sit down and just hear him just talk forever it would be William Friedkin. Oh, the stories he could tell. That'd oh, yeah. be That would be fun. He was coming off high from uh, uh, winning Best Picture for his film, The French Connection. Mm. And while doing press tours, he received a manuscript by William Peter Blatty of The Exorcist. And he read it in one night and said, you know what? We're going to do this. So the film stars Ellen Burstein, Max von Sydow, Lee J. Cobb, Kid- Kitty Wynn, Jack McGowan, Jason Miller, and Linda Blair. It was the first installment of the series and one of only two that we actually talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We, the rest, we don't. Yeah, we do not. (laughs) They're not. We will get into that. So they're not really worthy to spend a whole lot of time on. Like go for it. If you feel like watching them, it's just, it's a chore. Someone told me, (laughs) someone told me a couple days ago that it's not bad. It's just a lot of really cool ideas that aren't fleshed out so well which is fair like yeah it is what it is um <laughs> it's not good james earl jones rides a fucking locust <laughs> <laughs> so exorcist was released and on december 26 1973 right after christmas what a great this- christmas film <laughs> i know right Um, the reason it came out then was because the studio uh, Warner Brothers wasn't sure the movie would actually do well so they decided to throw it at the end of the year and just release it in about 500 like not even 500 like 50 theaters and every theater it was like just lines around the block so it worked well for them 
Um, one so. one of our mutual friends has a great story that his dad would tell him of where he would he would sneak in to try and see the film, but he couldn't see it, so he only heard the audio of it, and just the audio terrified him. Yeah, which I think is I don't know, just to only be able to hear the whole film. I think that would just be what a wild experience. But yeah, so it definitely yeah. So essentially, it was a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of viewers had adverse physical reactions. There was a lot of fainting and vomiting to certain scenes. Um, of course, the, uh, the scene where, the, uh, where Reagan undergoes a cerebral anonography, that's the thing that, like, fucked me up the most. When, like, because, like, they put a thing down her throat and there's just little squirts of blood. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, not a lot of blood, but you watch that and you're like, oh. I mean, that was me. I don't know if you all it, went, it, it just kind of made I me uncomfortable. Just like yeah. neck things or gut things yeah. or eye things. I'm just like, I can't look and, really. Well, especially with eyes. But yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> other big scene that got most people really disgusted or horrified. Is, or horrified, depending on how you look at it. Or angered. Or angered, yes. Um, there were probably some people clutching their pearls. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it was the sequence where Reagan masturbates with a crucifix. And the sad thing is, when I first saw that scene, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, I'm pretty sure out there somewhere there's there was at least one kinky nun who got that idea and tried it. Oh, for sure. Like, Oh, yeah. What else would you do in a nunnery? Is Nothing. either fuck the other nuns or you know. <laughs> either fuck the other nuns or <laughs> let or or let Jesus fuck you. Let Jesus fuck you. There's I don't know like weird little tangent, but the history of sex <laughs> is so fascinating because just like what people used to just pleasure themselves way back at the time where people were like, oh, no, no one thought about sex. So I'm like, people were fucking freaky. Oh, and God, yeah. there was, I can't remember where I saw this photo. Um, it popped up somewhere on the internet. There's this person I follow who would just like post a bunch of stuff about like historical sex stuff. And it's really fascinating. Um, anyways, that's just a glimpse at what my timeline looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> there's... Something that it was like uh, a weird, like carved dildo that was like that you, you pulled it out of like this a crucifix. It like it was it was shaped like it was supposed to be like some religious artifact, but then when you like opened it up, it was a dildo, and they found it in a convent. And I was like, ha, that was one <laughs> sneaky nun. Anyways, I love that. <laughs> back. I love that. My God. Yeah. So they were having fun back then. Oh, well, some of them yeah. were. <laughs> well, you know who wasn't having fun? The Motion Picture Association of America, America's Ratings Board. Oh no, they're no. They fun. were not having fun. Uh, they were. <laughs> this was this was in 1973, so this was right when the um, the new film ratings board had sort of um, come out, and the ratings were G, PG, R, and X. And if you had an X rating, it was basically like a no theater's going to touch that film because that's considered like schmutt. <laughs> However. Because of all of the connections that Warner Brothers had with the film board, they managed to give it an R rating. But even then, everyone, especially a lot of people who were who took a lot of offense with the film, were pissed off at that. They're like, how can you? This is clearly an X-rated film because of this, because of this and this. And, you know, it is pretty, pretty wild for an R-rated film, even to this day. 
Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Um, though it does kind of like slowly ramp up, like it gets you comfortable, and yeah, then it's just like aggressive peeing on the floor, and then it just goes up from there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. And of course, because of the whole ratings controversy, controversy, it was hard for the film to have a home video release in the United Kingdom up until 1999. So I found that was interesting. Uh, because of the cultural conversation around the film, um, it encompassed the treatment of Roman Catholicism. It helped it become the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, one of the 10 Academy Awards it was nominated for. It ended up winning for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Sound Mixing. And, of course, you know, it's become one of the most well-known horror films in pop culture. So, one of the things that was fascinating about the making of the film is there's a lot of stories about the curses that kind of, that occurred doing, during it. Like, stories about, like, um, a couple of people on set dying, people dying off on people who worked on the film who died later on in mysterious circumstances. But of all of them, the one that I'm more, that I'm kind of, that blows me away is um, the story about Max von Sydow. So he was 44 when he did this movie. Really? He, was, he, he looks was, old as fuck. Sorry. Yeah, that's makeup. That's what makeup does. <laughs> Damn. I didn't, I didn't realize I was just like, he's, he's one of those actors that I just see as old in mm-hmm. everything, so it's because of this movie that he's been basically cast as the old guy <laughs> since 1973. Hmm. And it's been on purpose ba- then. He just and, hasn't been old since the day he was born. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So like now he's as old as Father as Father Marin was in the book. Forty five years cold. later. <laughs> yeah. Crazy shit. Crazy, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. shit. And so of course, the audience reactions to The Exorcist were insane. Um, when Max von Sydow had put on all this makeup, it freaked people out because the makeup was so good. Like oh, there's yeah, a good, like there's it- a little documentary um, attached on the Blu-ray for the uh, re-release of The Exorcist. It's called Raising Raising Hell, filming The Exorcist, and it's a bunch of uh, behind-the-scenes videos or film stuff of. Like makeup chair stuff, all the practical effects. The practical effects in this movie are amazing. Oh yeah, and it's crazy with the in, the in camera tricks that they were able to pull off. It all holds up really, really well. Still, oh, absolutely. So, because the film was such a hit, it grossed uh, over four hundred million dollars at the box office in nineteen seventy three revenue, which uh, when when the inflation adjusted to today, that comes up to two billion dollars. Not too shabby. <laughs> no, I mean nowadays if a movie makes more than a billion dollars, it's like, like in the like the top fifty, it's like holy shit, you did it! Wow, what do you know? So because it did so well, it they said let's make a sequel, and let's go ape shit. <laughs> and so thus, they're not great, most of them. <laughs> No, they are not. And, and just it a all blanket statement. They're not great. And it all started with Exorcist to the Heretic from 1977, directed by John Borman, whom I only really know as the guy who directed Zardoz. Never saw that. The gun is good. <laughs> Matt's in the back and he's just going. He's well, going he, yeah. Hog wild. Yeah, <laughs> So. 
It stars Linda Blair, Richard Burton, Louise Fletcher, Max von Sydow, Kitty Wynn, Paul Heinrich, and James Earl Jones. Pretty stacked cast. And is technically a sequel. But it shouldn't be a sequel. <laughs> it shouldn't exist. It is awful. From what I've seen, it's... Yeah, it's not... It's it's memorable. It's bafflingly bad. <laughs> bafflingly bad. That's a good way to explain Like, explain there's it. memorable scenes, but yes. it's... But are they memorable for the right reasons? No. no. <laughs> William Peter Blatty actually went... Was one of the claims to use the first person to start laughing at the theater in which he saw the film. Oof. <laughs> in his words, you think you were wa- we were watching the producers. So, oof. William Friedkin recalls recalled hearing a story in which an a- angry audience members at the first public performance of the film began chasing the Warner Brothers executives down the street within the first 10 minutes of the screening. Dude, I'd love to see that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Friedkin himself saw a half an hour of the film... And he looked at it and thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. It was horrible. It's just a <laughs> stupid mess made by a dumb guy. John Borman by name. Somebody who should be nameless, but in this case should be named. A horrible picture. <laughs> oh, oh, damn, he sounds mad. He oh. sounds like he, that man like personally hurt him. Oh, <laughs> You think that's bad? He later followed it up with saying it's the worst piece of shit he's ever I've ever seen and a fucking disgrace. <laughs> that film was made by a demented mind. Yeah, he's not happy. <laughs> so like I said, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I do want to maybe I'll get baked one of these days and watch it just 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 because. Dude, I'll do that with you. Like, okay. cuz I I like I looked up a few scenes and it looks Matt fucking can come too. Matt can come too. <laughs> Jolyn can come too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't want to talk so much about this one because it makes me angry. I want to talk about the third one, probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated horror films ever made. The Exorcist 3. So this was made in 1990, and it was written and directed by William Peter Blatty himself. It's based off of his book, Legion, which is a sequel, the true sequel to The Exorcist. And it's only from the perspective it's from the perspective of Kinderman from the first book and from the movie. So in this one, Kinderman is investigating a series of demonic murders in Georgetown. And they have the hallmarks of a deceased serial killer named the Gemini Killer, based kind of off the Zodiac Killer. And it was gonna be made as Legion. However, the studio, not knowing if it would market well, decided to s- strap on the word The Exorcist 3 to it and have forced Blatty to write in the end a scene where Kinderman becomes an exorcist for some reason and per- performs an exorcism. And the movie itself, like the ending is really like intense and it doesn't fit the rest of the movie because the movie is a true slow burn. Not there's not a lot of violence and there's not a lot of scares, but when there's scares, it's fucking terrifying. And it's all done with in camera effects. And um it's it's it's, it's god, I get I get I get I get I get chills thinking about it. So do, would you say that it kinda is better as a standalone 
it, it can work as a standalone. There are little call, little small callbacks to the original, like the, um, the Mike Oldfield score, do, 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 you know, that I started this <laughs> off with, um, as well as references to certain characters because um, Damien Karras shows up and so does uh, a couple other characters. But in the end of it, it's really about these conversations between Kinderman and the so-called Gemini killer played by Brad Dorf, by the way. And it's that this is where the true, the true horror is much like in the, the original exorcist book. It wasn't the, what was happening. That was really scary. It was just the characters talking precisely the characters such as when like Reagan is talking to father Karras and, you're just hearing this little girl speak, but you know, but it's 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 the voice of a demon. Yeah, and she's saying some pretty fucked up things. <laughs> saying some pretty fucked up things. And hearing the uh, Gemini killer character say these horrific bloody things to Kinderman is just as horrific. And in a weird, weird little fun fact for everyone, because this is Milwaukee, of course we got to bring this up, the Exorcist 3 was one of Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movies. Huh. Yeah, he loved this movie and he loved Return of the Jedi. He loved he loved <laughs> he loved third mo- three movies, yeah. There were two he had a, he, there was a VHS copy of both of them in his apartment when the police raided it. Damn. Okay. Fun facts. Hmm. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Fabio has a cameo in this film. Wait, as does Fabio. Le- Fabio, Fabio, Fabio. <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> As does Samuel L. Jackson Fun. and Larry King. Wait, like the Larry King, like ter- like Larry King, huh? That Larry King, yep. Oh, did, yeah, because yeah, Mac is the authority on this one because I have I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. So <laughs> there's too many. There was too much material to go through, so absolutely kind of divided and conquered. <laughs> yep. So, Exorcist Three got a very mixed response when it came out, but almost everyone unanimously said it's not the it's not the heretic. It's yeah. better than the heretic. <laughs> and as time has gone on, it's gotten a much um, a, a much better response. On top of the 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 good response is that a director's cut came out uh, about. Two years ago, actually, on a uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray transfer that I have, and it's 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 really cool. Um, there's a lot of cool special features. Um, William Peter Blatty unfortunately passed away in 2017, and unfortunately, near the end, he became kind of a crazy right winger. His last one of his last big movie reviews was him. Um, praising the uh Hillary the anti-Hillary Clinton documentary Hillary's America. It's uh it's not fun. It's kind of crazy. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. They, <laughs> they made a big deal. It was like on the front of the poster like an important film. William Peter Blatty, author of The Exorcist. <laughs> Oy vey. So on top of all of this, there is the notorious Exorcist prequels. There was supposed to be only one, but they didn't like it. The <laughs> studio didn't like it. Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist, which stars Stellan Skarsgård as the... Um, the, the oh, yeah. So, we talked. I remember. Okay. Cool beans. 
<laughs> yeah, as a Father Lancaster Marin. Um, he... I forgot that Stellan's Guard wasn't an exorcist yeah. thing. This film was directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and just got an Oscar nomination last year for First Reform. That's a great movie, by the way. So when he delivered the film to deliver the film, the studio hated it. They hated it so much that they just reshot the entire damn movie with a different director. But Stellan Skarsgård came back to, re- to play the role again. And that movie still also sucked. They both <laughs> suck. But Dominion sucks less because it, it feels more, it has a better tone to it. So, Yeah, because isn't the one that the studio shot, uh, one, isn't that one like a little bit more? There's a lot more callbacks yeah, too. And it's more, I don't know, like cliche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And it's, oof. So like the fans or people who watch the two are just like, well, actually, <laughs> out of the two, Dominion's not as insufferable. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, like, I, I'll sit through Dominion. Uh, I won't sit through the Exorcist at the beginning. It's just not good. So <laughs> I want to quick make a quick jump back to the original Exorcist because in 1999... They re they they re-released the Exorcist into theaters. With this, they added about ten minutes of of footage from the original cut. This it was called the director's cut, even though William Friedkin said he he's fine with the theatrical cut. Um, among the scenes that were added were a couple of dialogue scenes and the famous spider walk scene, which mm-hmm. they cut from the original because. You could see the wires when they when they were shooting it, and because of you know effects, they were able to hide it in the nineties. That's the famous scene that um, fuck fucking freaked me out when I first saw it. She's got blood coming out of her mouth. She's going down the yeah. stairs. Ugh. Scary, scary, very scary. So most people consider the director's cut to be the definitive cut. I don't really see it as the definitive cut because I kind of prefer the theatrical cut. I think for me, like the theatrical cut, like the theatrical cut is already kind of, it, it starts off as such a, like a slower film that adding those extra dialogue scenes kind of just, even though it's not a whole lot that's added, it's kind of makes it feel a little bit longer. Mm. So I, I'm fine with the theatrical. Plus, I guess I'm biased. That's the first one that I saw. So yeah. I wasn't... When I saw the like the extra 10 minutes that they added, I was like, cool. Yeah. But- according, according, to, <laughs> according to William Blatty, the, that 10 minutes was like the soul of the film. I don't really think it was, but I can see where he's coming from because that's also stuff that's in it's the book. It's like directly from the book. Yeah. Like a lot of what was... Um, added and to to begin with like the 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 film the exorcist isn't that far off from the book at all like it's probably in our list of most true adaptations oh def yeah that work yeah rather it than- is like page by page it is what you what what you read in the book is what you get in the movie yeah yeah and like the characters and the tone it all stays in the same realm and it doesn't diverge in crazy ways it's not another Percy Jackson absolutely <laughs> and in that way it it works perfectly mm-hmm. and 
would I recommend the book? I'm not sure because it. If you've seen the movie, you're not missing. You don't really need to read the book because it's like there. you don't get anything different, really. But like, you know, it, it, well, you get a, you get a different perspective in a sense. Yeah. But other than that, it's if you just want to cut that time in half. Yeah. <laughs> cut that time. Watch and watch the movie. Yeah. So, uh, I I'm really sad because I really wanted to get a little bit more into the um, the demonology of this of, of the book, but again, there's a lot to unpack, um, especially with Pazuzu, who's um, only really ever mentioned once in the book, and barely mentioned in the first move in the first movie, mentioned a little too much in the Heretic, apparently. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, the book is a good is a good way to kind of like start looking into the demonology which is yeah. kind of which you get like a taste of in the film but in the book you get a little bit more yeah so well maybe someday soon if we decide to read legion and cover that one we can get into that but for now i think we're good i think we're good yeah i think we're good essentially great like with the first movie the rest of them mm, yeah, really don't apply to the book except for the third. But except yeah. for the third, but beyond that, watch the first movie and you got the book. <laughs> yeah, and get the soundtrack. No soundtrack complaints. kicks fucking ass. Have no complaints about this one at all. Yes. I was not tortured watching it. No, I did not want to cry. The atmosphere. Is, I the atmosphere <laughs> still holds up. Forty five years I on. Had a great time rewatching this. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I had a good time rewatching it too. Oh, I didn't feel tortured. It was it was a great time. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. I'll hold well, on to that feeling until the next shitty movie we have to watch. <laughs> it'll come soon. It always does. All right, Selena. It's been a pleasure. Yes. As always. As always. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. And you can find our, our stuff online. We have our Facebook page, our Instagram. You Follow me at Max. Maxie Great on Instagram and Twitter. And on the book of faces. <laughs> and I can never remember my handles, but I'm out there. And so if you find Mac, you'll probably find me. <laughs> so Yeah, she's like one of my only friends on Twitter. It's not that hard to find. So, so yeah, I'm great at promoting myself. <laughs> me too. Um, and yeah, please, if you, if you can, well, we hope you can, please give us a review. Um, and you can find our podcast everywhere. And... Please, we want to hear from you. Email us at timetoadaptzima at gmail.com. What do you think about The Exorcist? Do you like it? Did you hate it? We want to hear some hot takes. So. Adaptations that you want us to talk about? Yes. there's 10 billion out there. and we're, we're, we could we're make, This podcast could run for 50 <laughs> years. We got plenty of material. But yeah, give us, give us suggestions if you have any. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been Time to Adapt. <laughs> <laughs>